Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to another episode of Disciple Making. Uh, I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. Last uh, week we considered uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit as, you know, after Jesus had ascended. You want to dig in a little bit more uh, into, usually we don't think about uh, disciple making in terms of, well, Jesus isn't here anymore. We always think about, well, Jesus, how can we follow him and how can we become like him? But you you want to you want to unpack a little bit about the implications of the of of the ascension of Jesus returning to the Father and what life looks like for us because of that as disciple makers. Uh, do you want to pick up on that, Darren, and take it away? Absolutely, I sure will. And uh, uh, you know what we talked about last time is a part of this ascension package, but it's not the whole story. I think there's some really big implications of the ascension that we sometimes overlook. We think of the work of Christ. You know, we thought his life, his death, his resurrection, his return. We often forget about the ascension and this gap that we're in right now between, you know, between the resurrection and his return. And there's some very real implications for us as as followers of Jesus. And I just want to set up by by sharing a a simple little story, Tim. Actually, it's a a couple of stories. You know, when when I was younger, my father retired from the RCMP. And, And when he did that, he became a magistrate in our community, you know, serving really a lot of the same police he worked with and he he really served them well they loved him because he would sign a search warrant at any time of the day or night uh because it usually involves some people he'd had to deal with in the past and so you know they they got along with him really well uh and and a couple times in those years i got stopped for assorted traffic violations um one time speeding one time driving a motorcycle with my my friend was had his back against mine and, and which is a terrifying way to go and I was doing that and got stopped. And they, when they found out, when they saw my name, they they gave me a warning uh, because of who my dad was. And I, I thought that was interesting. But more significantly for me was a situation. I went to a canoe race in a, in a small northern community, a fairly rough community. And while I was there, I lost my wallet. And I went into the police station. Really, the only official buildings in this, in this settlement really were the band office and the police station. Mm-hmm. And I went in and, and and said, you know, I lost my wallet. I'm just wondering if anybody turned it in. And these three Mounties behind the desk just started laughing. <laughs> and they laughed and they said, hey, if you lost your wallet in this town, it is gone. <laughs> and, you know, once they stopped laughing, they they said, well, we'll take your name just, you know, just in case a miracle happens. And I, I said my name and things changed. And a fellow who was waiting on me said, is your dad Ralph? Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my dad. I'm from Flintflaw. And he turned to the other fellow and said, his dad's a former member. Oh. And the entire atmosphere changed. And we talked about my dad and he shared some story, you know, talked about, you know, back and forth, took my name, said, hey, we'll ask around. If it shows up, we'll mail it to you. And it was just this, this instantaneous change because of that simple name relationship. And so I share that story to really, that's a real micro level of what we're talking about here. Jesus rose. That affirmed and proved he was who he said he was. And he ascended. And he ascended, it says he took his place at the right hand of the Father with everything under his feet. (laughs) We're seated with him. And so one of the implications or, or important truths of the ascension is that 
Jesus is in charge. Right. He's right. in charge. And his name and those who represent him in his name have incredible shared authority with that. And, and I think we sometimes forget about that. And for me, that's one of the things about the ascension that can easily slip aside if we don't focus in on it for a minute here. Yeah, and I, I think immediately when you talk about his name and authority, you know, I think about, uh, you know, before Jesus ascended, you know, and he commissioned his disciples, he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Uh, therefore, because of that, you're going to go and make disciples and I'll be with you until the end of the age. Uh, we have to realize that everything we do, we do in the name or name of or mm. for the sake of Jesus. Mm. And uh, that's great uh, comfort. But also it, it holds me accountable that this isn't something I'm just doing because I feel like it or I don't feel like it. Uh, I've been commissioned and commanded by Jesus, the one who has all authority. Um, you know, he stands at the right hand of God as an advocate, as a mediator. And uh, he's watching <laughs> uh, because he's entrusted us uh, something to do and basically he is in charge as you said mm, absolutely you know and and part you know so among the implications of that is we can operate in that authority you know it, it can be as dramatic you know as as expelling an evil spirit it can be as as quiet and private as dealing and winning a battle in our mind you know yeah. in, in his name and i i've shared many times how you know if if you ever deal with renegade thoughts i don't know tim do you ever deal with renegade thoughts you know, yeah, thoughts I mean, that, you know, maybe they yeah, come yeah. from the flesh, but, yeah. you know, sometimes they come from outside. It's like, sometimes you have these thoughts and it's like, they're so foreign and they're so out of whack. And what I do, Tim, at that point, I say out loud, if I'm in a context that allows it, I say, I submit myself to God, yeah. you know, in James, I resist the devil in Jesus yeah. name. I want the mind of Christ. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Tim, the moment the decision is made to fight that battle in his name, it's won. Yeah, it is. It is instantaneous and dramatic, and and it's over. And, and it has doesn't have to do with our will. It no. doesn't have to do with our resolve or our self control. It has to do with the name of Jesus dealing with whatever that spiritual fog is that's that's going around. I don't know if you ever uh, have dealt with things like that, but for me, Tim, that is bread and butter in my world. Yeah, I, I've uh, many times claimed the name of Jesus. And the authority, and I have mentioned this before, all of us sometimes get confused about authority and power. Hmm. Uh, now, Jesus has both, hmm. <laughs> but uh, he gives us his authority. And I use that example of, you know, uh, at an intersection, the traffic lights are out, and there's this big tractor trailer truck sort of steaming down the highway. And uh, in the middle of the intersection is this little uh, Filipino police officer who holds up his hand and the truck stops. Now, who's got more power? The truck. But who has more authority is the police officer because the police officer stands having authority invested in him by a bigger, as it were, bigger organization, power or whatever. And uh, too often we are defeated, I believe, in life is because we fail to see uh, that we have been endowed with the authority that Jesus has given us and we need to stop relying on our own power and learn to submit to his authority. Does that make sense? Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's so well so well said there, Tim. And we know, you know, the ascension isn't what gave Jesus authority, but it's very clearly stated in Ephesians. He, he rose, you know, we're raised with him, we're seated with him. And so that is all tied, you know, and with, it, with, with this ascension 
with this Ascension picture. Mm -hmm. uh, another, another important part of the Ascension we, we've talked on before, and it, it has to do with the fact that he sent a spirit. Yeah. You know, we talked last time about, you know, this amazing idea that it was better that he would leave yeah, <laughs> and send his spirit. And I came across an old story, and this is an oldie, Tim. Uh, it, it's a story about, uh, it's a true story, but it's an oldie. Uh, sailing ship called the Central America years ago. And they were sailing along in the Southern Hemisphere and they ran out of water and they were in big trouble and they saw another ship and so they put up a distress flag and they, you know, they were signaling and yeah. with the flags and the ship came over and they had these big long talking tubes, yeah. you know, to communicate. And, and the rescue ship asked what the problem was and they said, we're, we're just dying of thirst here, we have no water. And the rescue ship, and I'm not sure if there was some laughter involved in this, they said, well, go ahead and dip it up. Yes, you're, in mouth, <laughs> you're in the mouth of the Amazon River. Ah, there you go. Now, interestingly, if you go online and go into Google Earth and look at the Amazon, you can see the color of the fresh water going out. Yep. It goes out 150 kilometers. Wow. From the last piece of land. Like it is, it is, you know, 100 miles from shore is fresh wow. water from the Amazon. And so here's this, this incredible picture, Tim, of these people just, you know, dying of thirst. Yeah. floating a ship in fresh water yeah. and you know and what a picture of, of us sometimes when we're we're wallowing and, and, and flailing and we we forget that Jesus has sent his spirit he left so that he could send his spirit so that we would never be alone never yeah. without his presence uh, never never powerless yeah, and also the the, the the spirit has a purpose in coming as well uh, you know the spirit wants to conform us to become like Jesus and so he's a companion. He walks with us, as you said. Mm. And sometimes he confronts us, confronts us, you know, the sins of omission, those things I should have done, but I didn't, and the sins of commission, those things I did that I shouldn't. But, uh, he, he, you know, it isn't like he's there just slapping our wrists all the time. He, he yearns that we become like Jesus and to mm. really fall in love with not only the Lord, but the Lord's Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us, who is the one who indwells in us he's our constant companion in this life and uh it's to our own demise if we fail to appreciate who the spirit is what his function in is our life and allow him to to have full sway or to be filled continuously filled or controlled by him as well oh yeah well he empowers us to live a holy life he gives us comfort he directs us he warns us he helps us understand the word helps yeah. us share the gospel you know through him, we can help set captives free to me. It's like the truth of the indwelling spirit of God should be one of the most amazing things we ever hear. And, and it's like, I see it should set us back in our seats and make us say, wow, this is amazing. And I, I've asked the question of others, Tim, why do you think we're let, not as amazed about that or as enthralled with that truth as, as it would indicate we should be? Exactly. You know, there's... So much more to be surprised by. Uh, unfortunately, for too many people, same old, same old. And mm. I mentioned last week, you may have been, uh, you know, following Jesus for twenty years, but you could be taking the one block route twenty times, mm. <laughs> rather than going on an adventure with him. And his spirit is leading us on. And and uh, <laughs> I've uh, you know, seen another illustration about how our relationship with with the Lord through His Spirit is like riding on a uh, bicycle built for two and the spirits in front, you know, sort of pedaling away and, and, and we're there at the back with our with our feet on the brakes, like putting, putting the brakes on because <laughs> yeah. we're scared 
that we don't trust him, that he's going to take us on the most incredible journey, mm. uh, this side of heaven, obviously, that is designed to just revolutionize our life and to build trust and faith in the one who died for us. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to extrapolate or extend my experience to other people, but I think sometimes for me, the reason the the indwelling spirit has not been as amazing or as maybe relevant to me in a day by day is, you know, not living on the edge enough, yeah, not taking enough risks in Jesus name, playing it safe, you know, maybe not living on mission, not, not stepping out and engaging with people who are far from God, because I know what that, what I am doing those things, I know I need the spirit <laughs> and I also know that he comes through. And so I think, you know, the, the, the indwelling spirit has been given to us, not just for, our own um, personal comfort and satisfaction. That's a part of it. Comfort is a part of it. Yeah. It has to do with the mission of Jesus, for sure. Yeah, you know, years, years ago when the Midwest was being uh, sort of discovered, you know, settlers were coming out with their, uh, with their stage wagons, you know, the, the, the coaches with all their stuff, their families. And, and the story told of this guy who comes to the uh, edge of the mighty Mississippi. Uh, it, it was sort of uh, just early winter, and the Mississippi was covered in snow and ice, and he had never traveled this way before. And so uh, he told his family to stand land, and he started. He got down on his hands and his knees, and he started inching across the mighty Mississippi that is covered with snow and ice. And he hears a crack, and he sort of freezes. But but, but he's, he's out sort of like 10 feet, 10. 10. <laughs> he hears this noise behind him. Uh, it sounded like horses and and sure enough, he's down with his face to the ground out of fear. And this guy who, who, who's, who's uh, you know, so maneuvering this um, coal uh, stagecoach covered with coal with eight Clydesdale horses comes whipping right past him on the same ice. And here he is crawling along. Like, what's the difference? It's because he's never taken that journey before. Hmm. Whereas the guy who's, who's leading the team of Clydesdales, uh, he knows he knows this route, and and one of the one of the challenges uh, for us as Christians is to never get satisfied with living in a status quo relationship with mm. Jesus. There's always more, and it usually means more of Him and less of us. <laughs> but uh, when was the last time that that you took a risk? And if you haven't taken a risk, is it because you've never traveled to a place beyond? Well, I always say, can, can you reach for those things beyond your grasp? And can you grasp for those things beyond your reach in faith, believing? And uh, I think that the whole area of disciple making mm. uh, that Jesus has entrusted to us is the one area that will bring us to the end of ourselves because mm. we have to be more like Jesus in, in that journey. Oh, yeah. I, I feel that, Tim, as I, you know, as I move more into be, being a disciple who makes disciples and all that that means and what that call means the the realization that it's not again a matter of self discipline or effort or intelligence it's a work of the spirit yes, you know true. in me and through me uh, whether it's reaching someone to come to faith or growing them up in the faith the spirit has to be involved through us or or nothing happens right exactly I've met uh, probably three men in my office the last week all of them need someone to walk with them to help them grow. And I always, um, and some some of their visits were, were sort of result of my message on the spirits and dwelling and in filling. And uh, boy, my my heart's just being burdened because I only have so much capacity, as do you, Darren. Mm -hmm. But there's such a need for us to be filled by the Spirit and then to lead others in this journey as well. 
And, and to lead someone, all you have to do is be one step ahead of them, friends. <laughs> you don't have to have it all figured out. You're sort of building a bridge as you're walking across it. But this is the adventure of faith in the spirit, uh, is that he opens our, our the vistas of our life and the horizons to see things we've never seen before. And it's a journey that, that that's marked by, obviously, the fact that Jesus is in charge and also the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think you had one more point you were, you were going to share. Yeah. Well. And this one is is comes across as low key, um, but to me, it is actually the most amazing thing. And, and, you know, first of all, I find it amazing that we can pray and things happen, that, that God somehow moves in response to our prayers. Like that that in itself is amazing to me. But what, what scripture tells us is that Jesus himself is interceding for us. Yeah, that's right. You know, it talks about that in Romans 8, talks in Hebrews 7.25. He always lives to make intercession for us now. I don't want to pretend I know all that that means. You know, I know it means that he has died for us. He's there as our advocate and everything else. But but it seems to be bigger than that. I, I would even say it says he's praying for us. He's interceding for us. Mm-hmm. That Jesus himself is interceding for us. And, you know, um, to me, that blows me away that Jesus is somehow backing us with his intercession toward the Father. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's people who might, you know, pray to saints or even pray to, you know, Mary and all that kind of stuff, asking them to intercede. Yeah. Scripture says Jesus is interceding for us. That, that to me is a little bit mind boggling, you know, that he's got our back to that level, that he doesn't just say, oh, pray and ask for help. He's he's actually praying for us as well. Yeah, I'm sort of going back to that uh, initial story about Ralph, your dad, whose influence, uh, you became a benefactor of that. Uh, and when you talked about how Jesus, you know, ascended and now is at the right hand of the Father, uh, Jesus always obviously has access to the, to the throne room of God. And so do we, because we bear the name of Jesus now as well. We are brothers and sisters with Christ, and therefore we have access to the Father. And to think that, you know, the one thing that's always boggled my mind, and this just shows how far above our ways that the Lord's ways are, like, 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 how can I, you know, a thousand people on a Sunday morning in a little town uh, be praying to the Lord and he listens to every prayer and answers him personally? Hmm. Uh, but he does and he's active. And also so often we think that, you know, the death and the resurrection and the ascension, that Jesus is just standing around in heaven waiting for the Father to tell him what time it is to return. Yeah. But you've reminded us and how forcefully that Jesus has work to do. He you know, mediates, he's the intercessor, and he's actually praying on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit, sometimes, you know, when, when we can't even put our words into prayers, the Holy Spirit groans with us, and and, uh, and Jesus makes him acceptable and presents him to the Father on our behalf. Yeah, you know, and, and this truth for me, Tim, can be incredibly conviction, convicting when I, when, I, when I think of it like this, that he he's in charge, Yeah. He sent his spirit. He's interceding for us. And I'm afraid of what? (laughs) And and I'm discouraged. Why? Or, or or I think he's calling me to do something. I think I can't do it. Like to me, this, the truth of his ascension and all that comes with that is like, it is like the jet pack on our back in so many ways. I love that imagery. Yeah. The the work of Jesus uh, for our salvation was completed uh, on the cross. The resurrection proved it. But Jesus is still at work on our behalf. And uh, this is wonderful to know because in disciple making, uh, we still have more to learn and more to follow in terms of even our role in the lives of other people as we come alongside them and and invite them to to join us as well. Uh, I think from this podcast, I'm just going to, I'm going to take that picture of 
what it means that that we have the name of Jesus mm. seared, seared into us, as it were. I know our name is uh, sort of in, in, in printed into the, uh, the, the the hands of of our Father. It says that in, in Psalms. But to to think that that we have been indelibly connected to mm. uh, to Jesus for His cause, for His sake, and His Spirit, the seal that we talked about last week, who's a deposit guaranteeing our he guarantees our inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as you get older, you always wonder, am I going to get an inheritance? Well, the Holy Spirit proves that. And what a, yeah. the glorious riches of Jesus are ours to enjoy now, not just waiting till we get to that place called heaven. We can enjoy them now along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Tim, when I, when I spoke on this and taught on this recently in a you know, much longer fashion, of course, I had this very simple little prayer that I read and asked people to read with me. Let me just just read this few sentences here. It says, Jesus, we confess and celebrate the fact that you are not just alive, but that you are in charge. Mm. That you've sent us your Holy Spirit to dwell in us and empower us, and that you are even now interceding for us. May the truth of your ascension transform and renew our minds, capture our hearts, and compel us to take great risks under your direction for the honor of your name. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful prayer. And probably that, that's a good pl- place to uh, end this uh, uh, episode, this podcast of Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my passionate friend today. You can tell he's preached this recently, Darren Ride, about uh, the implications of the ascensions of Jesus. Please join us again for another episode of Disciple Making. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.